Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. This week's episode of the Seatown Podcast is brought to you by Seatown Real Estate. Their mission to make a difference extends beyond just their unique and unconventional approach with their clients and their agents. They partner with the community to give back a percentage of the proceeds from each home sale to a local nonprofit of their client's choice. Visit seatown.com, S-E-A-town.com, and experience the difference with Seatown Real Estate today. Welcome back to another episode of the Seatown Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ryan Reese, co-owner of Pike Place Fish Market. Thanks for joining me today, Ryan. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Glad yeah. to be here. I know you work long hours and uh, many days a week, so it's uh, I, I appreciate you, you taking one of your you know mornings to, to spend it with us. Oh, this is fun. I'm I'm glad to do it. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really curious to know kind of your your backstory a little bit. You know, before you get into how you became co-owner of one of the, the most iconic fish markets in the country. Um, who's, who's Ryan Reese? Sure. Uh, well, I, I grew up here in Seattle. I grew up in Ballard. Uh, Seattle public school kid. Um, and let's see. I After I graduated college, I uh, went back. To, I, I graduated with a business degree from Eastern Washington University and wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with that degree. Um so I went back and worked at the the produce stand that I worked at growing up as a kid and through high school. And uh, one of my customers there was this guy who who dressed real nice and always drove a fancy car. And finally hit him up and said, hey, "What what do you do for a living, man?" And he he sold commercial real estate. Okay. And uh, he, after some uh, twisting of his arm, decided to take me under his wing and uh, show me actually the commercial real estate world. Okay. And so that's where I started. And he had a little kind of boutique-y uh, commercial real estate office up here in West Seattle. And so I, I took the plunge and I, I killed it. I killed it in real estate. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of the golden age at that time. I was, it was pre-recession. Pre-recession. It was uh, 2001-ish. And um, yeah, we just, I, I, I did really well. I really enjoyed it. And the the cool part was I really learned uh, deal making. Okay, sure. Yeah, how to sell and uh, how to interact with people and just the nuts and bolts of just kind of doing business. And I really fell in love with kind of working on my own. You okay. know, I, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial, but that really was a big catalyst for me. Um, and so I did that for quite a while. And I, I moved to West Seattle. I bought a house in 2002 here in West Seattle. And of course, I've just I've fallen in love with this neighborhood. I, I love West Seattle. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll never leave here. Um, but then things were things were really good, and they were so good. I decided to open a little pizza restaurant in the Junction. Uh, so yeah, so there I was, young kid, selling real estate, opening a pizza restaurant. Sure. And then it's very entrepreneurial. <laughs> then all heck broke loose uh, with the Great Recession and. I found myself sitting in front of a bankruptcy judge one day. <laughs> That's not fun. Not fun. Probably probably one of the most demoralizing moments of my life, sitting in that courtroom sure. in front of that judge uh, going, yeah, I'm a, I, I failed. I'm a, I'm a failure. And I really had my tail between my legs for a while. And I, I got to say that I learned a, a ton of a ton of life lessons. I like to 
say, yeah, I was just young and, and dumb, but I, I was a grown up. I was an adult, and I, I, did, I did make some poor decisions at that time with my money and wasn't very, I just thought everything was going to be golden forever. Just kind of overextended. And- overextended myself, yeah. Too much debt. Sure. Um, you know, as fast as those commission checks rolled in, uh, they were they were spent and sure. all that kind of stuff. So I really had to kind of start over. I would completely start over. Um, and that's how I actually ended up down at the fish market was um, I needed I needed money. I needed to pay the bills. I needed to keep the mortgage paid and sure. keep the lights on. And I wasn't I wasn't afraid of hard work. Mm-hmm. So you know the fish market was way out of my comfort zone at that time. I was okay. that, you know shirt you, and tie commercial real estate okay, guy sure. for eight years. Yeah. Now, now you grew up in Ballard, which is you know kind of a fishing community. You know, sure. at least back in the day it was. Um, so, but you had not like fished on boats up in Alaska, anything like that? So Gosh, I knew nothing. Okay. I knew nothing about fish. What I did know was retail. I worked I worked in grocery stores and uh, the produce business for probably seven or eight years through okay. high school and college. And I really liked the work of the creativity of building displays and interacting with the customer. And I've always liked being around people and learning more about them. And so I've always enjoyed that interaction with the customer. Okay. So I, I did have experience like in the retail world, but nothing with fish. Okay. A lot of people I grew up around, their families had been in that business, but I couldn't have told you the difference between a coho and a sockeye and a okay. king. No way. They're salmon, right? They're salmon. <laughs> They're salmon. That's it. That's it. Um, so, so kind of back to uh, to your story. You know, so you yeah. didn't know anything about fish. You got a job there just because you needed to make some money. I really uh, needed to make some money. And, you know, I kind of, I liked the fish market. I always, you know, anytime families in town, sure. tourists, you, you take them down there and watch them throw the fish. And I was always mesmerized by it. I yeah. thought it was a really neat place. So the chance that I had an opportunity to work there I thought was cool but I still felt a little like I was putting my tail between my legs going to do some manual labor again and, sure sure you come uh, from you know successful yeah. suit tie you know nice totally nice sitting car, in an and office like, this is a little and, beneath me I'll yeah you know I, I got to set my own hours and you know if I needed a knock off early to go do something that was easy because sure. you know I was working for myself and all of a sudden here I am working with a group of people that you know Hey boss, can I go take a, a restroom break real right. quick? And you know, I've got a phone call I got to take or whatever. It just sure. I didn't have to ask those yeah. kind of questions world, yeah. of a boss. So it was a whole new world for me, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. So after starting at the fish market, I I realized I loved it. It mm-hmm. was it was my thing. And this would have been what about what year? Uh, two thousand nine. Okay. Two thousand so ten years. Ago. Yeah. Okay. About ten years ago. I, I fell in love with it. It was super dynamic place, 20,000 visitors a day, um, probably one of the hardest working group of people I've ever been around, having fun at work, yeah. working really hard, but having fun while they're doing it. Yeah. And I just, I just, I fell in love with the place and I just really started treating the place like I, like I owned it. Mm-hmm. Really almost from day one, I just was like, this is my thing. And Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy this. Okay. So what um, what transpired that that made it available and for you and and your three other uh, coworkers to <clears throat> to buy to purchase it? it? Yeah. So probably about 
So I've been there about 10 years, probably eight years ago, I was really seeing that we had this this brand, Pike Place Fish Market, people coming to see us, people know our name. And we really haven't hadn't capitalized on our name. So I approached the owner at the time and asked him if us guys, us fishmongers that worked for him, mm-hmm. if we could use his brand to start our own little wholesale business. Mm-hmm. So Pike Place Fish Market, salmon burgers, Pike Place Fish Market, crab cakes and clam chowder and see if we could sell that at the grocery store level. Okay. So from what was going on, it was maybe just give us an overview. I mean, it was primarily just just selling fish at the market. There was nothing other side business. Uh, We did sell online. So we would ship fish overnight anywhere in the country. You go to pikeplacefish.com and order fish and we ship it to you. But yeah. Our primary business is at the fish counter downtown Seattle. Okay, so just the two verticals. How, how much yeah. the business is from the actual market versus online, at least at that time? Uh, I, I still say it's probably pretty similar. We're, okay. we're probably doing about 60% of our business is shipping. Okay. The other 40% is consumed locally here in Seattle. Um, but now our wholesale business has really taken off. Okay. So we, with his permission, we, we started our little wholesale business and found some success. I mean, we're probably in 600 grocery stores. Um, And then years ago, we picked up Delta Airlines. They wanted to carry our our products on their flights out of Seattle. So yeah, like I said, I I jumped in there kind of like I own the joint. And I think the owner was impressed with what us guys were up to Hmm. growing his brand and his business. And when it came time for him to retire, he approached four of us that worked there. There's there's 18 of us that worked there. Okay. And said, "Hey boys, it's it's time. Sure. I want to I want to sell this thing and I want to sell it to you for." Okay. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That sounds it's, like a great it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He get that much. We so. we we we're still blown away that we sure. were able to pull it off. He and he was really good to us. He. He gave us some time to figure out how to finance it. He mm-hmm. he wasn't too interested in carrying a long term contract, so we 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 had to go out and get financing to sure. to make the buy. Sure. Um, what? I mean, how, how do the? I mean, I, I, you've been working there a long time. I assume the turnover is not super high, so you probably work the same guys for a long time. Yeah, it's not super high. I'd say our average guy's been there about fifteen years. Oh wow! I've got one of my partners uh, has been there for about thirty five years, and I think. It's a testament to why that place is so successful. Mm-hmm. Our number, probably our number one thing that we do there is we take care of our employees. Okay. So we offer 100% employer paid health insurance, 401k. Nice. Um, guys, we let guys take fish home to, to feed their families mm-hmm. and, you know, paid vacation. And it's, it's really a good gig. Sure. And, it comes back to the company in spades for sure. sure. So sure. you take care of these people and they, they, they truly take care of you. And sure. it's, I hear so many small business owners that, especially in the retail business that are struck, you know, say they're struggling, keeping up with, you know, the current minimum wage and uh, really the minimum wage is a big thing for a lot of, a lot of people around here. But I just, I, I don't, I don't see that you, you take care of your people mm-hmm. and they'll hang out and, They'll, 
I'll take care of you. <laughs> sure, sure. No, it's it's great you guys have the ability to do that. I mean, I've you know tried to live that in life, but you know as a business owner, I think it's especially you know especially important. Uh, yeah. Starting a new business is really challenging because those margins are so narrow. You got to build the brand. You got to you know. Sure. Um, kind of speaking of that, I mean, going into the co co owning you know of it, obviously the brand's there. You're kind of expanding some different verticals, the wholesaling and uh, different income streams and whatnot. What um, what is, has changed since you know you guys uh, you know took ownership you know since since you bought it is uh, the day to day is pretty much the same but the, you're kind of expanding the the creative yeah so or? for the very first time ever you know we we actually hired a marketing person mm-hmm. so to help uh, you know we're advertising okay. uh, online okay. so we've always kind of had this arrogance that we, we don't need to advertise because there's so many cameras pointed at us you know we're very thankful to the seahawks and the mariners and mm-hmm. everybody else that wants to come down and get a see us throwing the fish and they show us you know before sure. the games and whatnot so we get quite a bit of free exposure but now with the way things are online and people shopping online mm-hmm. we've we really had to step up and and say hey look it's time to start buying some keywords on Google and, you know, Google searches yeah. and retargeting ads from on Facebook and Instagram. So we've really dived in. We're really growing our social media presence and our online presence with mm-hmm. some, some horsepower on the uh, advertising. And nice. it, it, it works. It's scary. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. It's actually, yeah. it's pretty yeah. scary how well that stuff works. Yeah. You go to, you go to our website and then you click on something and then you log into your Facebook page later and there's an ad from us and uh, it works. Sure. Like people it. click on it yeah. and buy it. And I wouldn't I didn't believe that people actually would buy you know something off of Facebook, but mm-hmm. they do. Sure. And then all of a sudden I realized I do too. Right. Now you're staying in front of people who are already interested in, you know, what you guys are selling. So it's yeah. those those you know, installing your Facebook pixel on your website so then you can track them, you know, when they get back on Facebook and Yeah, and then you you figure out how to use these lookalike audiences exactly. and it just goes it goes on and on and on. But sure. it's pretty it's pretty powerful stuff and yeah. so those are, you know, some kind of new things that we're doing is is diving into that world and uh, we're really working on also growing our website. So mm-hmm. there's there's some big we what we do is kinda unique in the fish world. There's lots of people that ship fish to your front door Mm -hmm. what pretty much everybody does is the fish is frozen it's uh shipped to your house frozen which is not necessarily a bad deal but what we do is we ship fresh never been frozen fish on dry ice or gel packs packs it arrives ice cold right on your front door then you have the chance to eat something fresh that's never been frozen and if you live out on a farm in the middle of iowa that's just not possible i don't don't really know who else you could who does what what we do sure and handling fresh fish is very difficult Mm -hmm. so having seasoned fishmongers is is a big deal learning how to properly care for that stuff and and handle it sure no it's it's good to know i mean i don't know much about the the fish industry so sure Knowing that you guys, you know, don't freeze it. I mean, I know my, my wife's, you know, a, a foodie and a chef. And so yeah. fresh is always better than, you know, frozen. So Sure. And then there's, there again, I'm not knocking frozen frozen fish, but sure. there I mean, are some people that are doing really good jobs with yeah. stuff that's frozen at sea. But, you know, if every hour in the seafood business really counts. So 
you know, you'll people will price shop us and oh, you know, maybe I we might be a little more expensive on something, mm-hmm. but it's it really is a game of hours with seafood, so Okay. Uh, we we move a lot of fish. Sure. We think we're the busiest retail fish market in the country. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, yeah. you got a, a, a brand that you know people know and it's famous, and people come here. So one of the first things they want to do is go go down to the, the fish market, to yeah, the Pike Place. Um, I mean, I think it's really really smart that you guys kind of you know see that you, you know you need to kind of get in front of a new audience, and not just kind of rest on your laurels on the you know the reputation that's already perceived you because you know i mean you've seen big companies do that a lot they're like oh we don't have to do this we already have a name and a branding and then you know they eventually fade away into irrelevance because you know they haven't done any new marketing or new branding or right you know, getting the message out there so i think one thing too that we do and we totally realize that like we have to just keep charging forward and then we also have to remember we just got to we really focus on like a, a bunch of a a handful of basic things that we believe that keep us successful and just some really simple stuff for us. And one way that we remind ourselves of these things is that every morning as a team, we huddle up before we start our work day. At the end of the work day, we huddle up as a team to see if we achieved our goals for the day. And then every other Thursday night, we have a company dinner. Nice. We feed the whole team. We meet at, uh, down in the basement of Tai Tung in Chinatown uh, every other Thursday night. And uh, we talk about what we do and we remind ourselves of why we're there. We're there to serve the people. We re- kind of think of ourselves as ambassadors to the city of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes Pike Place Market and Pike Place Fish Market is one of the first stops for people visiting our city. Yeah. And, you know, I get we get asked the same questions. You know, I get asked the same hundred questions every day. You know, when do you guys throw the fish? Where's the space needle? Where's the gum wall? Sure. Where's the bathroom? Yeah. And we're really good at just treating people like it's the first time they've ever been there because it is and pretend like I've never heard that question before and treat somebody like they're just a person, you know, that wants, wants to talk to us. So, uh, yeah, really big, those company dinners are super important in our, our morning and evening huddles to just keep us focused sure. on the task at hand. Yeah, I, I love that. You like checking in. Did we meet our goals? You know, reminder of the culture and what you're trying to do. Let's right. I like that. It's very important. Um, so maybe tell us a little bit more about the the backstory of uh, of the fish market. I mean, the 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 guy that you bought it from was he the original owner and founder no he actually bought it from his boss he bought it john yokoyama is who we bought it from and he he purchased the fish market in 1965 uh from a gentleman uh constantine a greek fellow the the pike place market there was uh it was a huge Greek community down there that operated down there at the market. And John Yokoyama uh, worked for him and in 1965 bought it from him. And at that time it was a half, half fish market, half produce. So they operated fish and produce. And then sometime in the late sixties, Johnny converted the whole place to a fish market. Okay. Yeah. And he was, he was throwing fish down there since the late sixties and it was never like this big deal that sure. it is now, yeah. uh, you know, customer walks up and wanted something and he kind of tossed the fish over the counter mm-hmm. so that he didn't have to walk around the counter to 
put it on the scale. You just toss it to the guy behind the counter. Okay. And yeah, it just wasn't uh, a huge deal. It really was like the 1980s where all of a sudden this whole fish throwing thing kind of caught on and caught some steam and yeah. we got some publicity with it and then it just kind of took a life of its own. Interesting. So, I mean, is there like definitive moments that, that kind of create that? I mean, cause yeah, I think it was the it. Uh, sometime in the mid-80s, I believe, the Goodwill Games came to Seattle. And so the like media from all around the world, all these different countries had come to Seattle to, to film the, the Goodwill Games. and. Okay. Several of them set up to get some like B-roll film down at Pike Place Market and kind of showcase the city. And the flying fish kept kind of showing up in the background of a lot of this footage. And it got picked up by People Magazine, I think. Mm -hmm. And we ended up doing like a Fun Jobs in America segment with People Magazine. And then Oprah caught caught wind of it and okay. brought a couple a of, of yeah <laughs> she she brought some fishmongers on to okay. another like kind of fun jobs in america kind of segment with on her show and after that it was just like everybody wanted to come down and okay and see the fish go flying okay that's pretty interesting because i always kind of wondered like it's always been that way or at what point did kind of that mystique yeah you know, so it was about it was like the mid 80s okay. and then we did the real world uh yeah, in the, the late the 90s, 90s yeah. uh here in seattle and that was another one. I, we still get quite a few people. Uh, Man, I remember the real world. That's funny. Yeah, so people our age. Yeah, yeah people our <laughs> age. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then one little interesting fact too. So we sell this really great seafood. You know, just number one, the the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And you know, oftentimes we get people. How could you handle the fish like that? You know, throwing it around. And what a lot of people don't understand is, we actually we buy chum salmon which is harvested mostly for their row okay and we those chum salmon are the ones that we toss back and forth for fun to kind of please the the crowd it's not the chinook yeah (laughs) and then we then we freeze those fish and then we donate them to the woodland park zoo and once a year we go feed the grizzlies and they let us throw the fish to okay. the bears yep. and it's kind of a fun deal okay that's... with the woodland park zoo that we do so nothing goes to waste mm-hmm. somebody walks down wants to buy a nice big king salmon that fish gets thrown one time yeah. handled very nicely yeah. what's kind of next for for pike place fish i mean you guys have a good thing going i mean working long hours tons of business yeah i think the future for us so shipping is a big deal for us yeah. um we would love to get to a point where we were doing off-site shipping We'd love to get our own little. We we have a little offsite warehouse where we have some cold storage and some dry storage, mm-hmm. but we really are consumed by. We're in nine hundred square feet down there. It's not oh, very okay. big, yeah. and so the amount of seafood we ship out of there is pretty insane out of such a small footprint. Sure. So we'd really like to get to a point where we could handle a lot of our wholesale business and our shipping business offsite where mm-hmm. we could really focus on, on that. And um, also shipping, shipping charges are crazy, right? So shipping overnight to um, New York or Florida is not always the cheapest proposition for some people. So possibly uh, looking at, you know, maybe distribution centers 
around the country one day, okay. you know, where we can ship out of the middle of the country or mm-hmm. have one on the East coast where we ship up and down the East coast. But there's a real desire for Pacific Northwest seafood all over the country. Oh, really? Even on the East coast? I oh, I bet they do have their own seafood and they have great seafood over there, but people really do love, uh, you know, wild, wild salmon is, is sure. kind of where it's at. And I would say most of the stuff we fit we we ship is going to the east coast okay because they just can't get it there okay you see a lot of farm-raised salmon over there and lots of other stuff i think like the landlocked you know the midwest or something but it's interesting that it goes to the east east coast yeah yeah a lot of it's going to the east coast okay so um kind of you know thinking back on on your story a little bit about you know kind of your journey and where you are now uh you know obviously successful businessman you know um raising a family here in west seattle you know kind of living living the dream but uh you've had some some hard patches you know uh, oh i always i always say you know any, <laughs> any seasoned entrepreneur has has at least one if not many failures in their in their life that you know teaches sure. them and they learn from that and you know uh, a real entrepreneur keeps going you know you yeah know, figures it out and you know maybe depressed for a little while yeah you know, figuring out life and <laughs> Uh, but uh, what 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 did you what do you see your big takeaway was uh, your big lessons learned from um, kind of that, that initial you know failed business that pizza business here in sure uh, managing your finances that was really the big the big deal uh, just watching every single dollar that's one thing we do at the fish market really well we're we're really we're very we're doing well down there. Okay. We're busy. We're we're doing good, but you'll never see like a ballpoint pen laying on the floor. Like if a ballpoint pens on the floor, somebody picks it up and that doesn't end up in the garbage can. Like we every single penny, every single shopping bag, every single uh, piece of newspaper that we wrap the fish up in, we just we watch everything and we're all committed, all team members, not just the owners, but every single guy that works for us. We're all really watching uh our expenses and you know when i was doing the pizza business i was spending money left and right oh you know let's get let's get these fancy new booths and chairs and fancy Mm. cutlery and fancy lights to hang from the ceiling and you know what it really comes down to is people i believe want a really good product and really good customer service and all that other stuff is just uh can be a waste of money at times. <laughs> sure, especially if you don't have the cash flow to justify. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. you know you're going to make mistakes, and you got to know when to cut your losses too. Sure. I that pizza joint, I should have cut my losses before I even opened the doors. I mean, I was way over budget well before we even opened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I had to go back to the bank and get more money. Uh, to we had all kinds of construction issues, and you know you really got to know you got to try new things. And if it doesn't work, you got to be able to to bail out too. Okay. So, yeah, if, uh, obviously you, you learn some lessons from that uh, with the current business or, or even anything you know mm-hmm. leading up to it. You know, if you had to do differently, uh, or if you had to do over again, you know, what would you do differently, if anything? Um. Well, the the pizza thing for sure it was out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I was I was. I got into something that I didn't know. I had never worked in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and here I was jumping into owning a restaurant. Sure, I had no expertise, um, 
So if I was if I was gonna do that again, I would have certainly started off a lot smaller. Sure. You know, I would have maybe opened uh, a delivery pizza unit only without a dining room and servers and you know a bar and sure. and all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you know testing. You know, when we develop new products now at the fish market, we we have people sample them and, you know, we try it out with maybe a small grocer instead of, you know, running, you know, 10,000 cases of something that we haven't tested before. Okay. So it's a lot of, a lot more little incremental steps and then and testing it and testing it and refining it and then then launching it, I okay. suppose. So you do some trial runs as opposed to just jumping in feet first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I learned that with, we, we were developing our crab cakes mm-hmm. for the fish market and we're trying to get up to scale and, and sell our crab cakes at the grocery store level. And Dungeness crab meat is like super, you you can't run it through a machine, we found out. Okay. So what we were trying to do is pro- what, 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 mass what? produce, because you want like big chunks yeah, yeah. in your in your, in right. your crab cakes, yeah. right? And so, the machine just breaks it down too much? Yeah, we just couldn't figure it out. Okay. Like how to like basically stamp out a a crab cake on a machine on a conveyor belt if you will gotcha. and uh, so we probably I remember our first trial run we ran like 500 pounds of crab meat through one of these machines and expensive. crab meat is not cheap yeah. and it was a big failure <laughs> and we were like whoa that didn't work so you know just <laughs> learning like yeah that was an expensive mistake yeah. but turns out handmade crab cakes is the way to go so that's uh, yeah. You know, you can actually go to uh, you know some local grocery stores around town and find our crab cakes, and they're okay. all they're all handmade. Okay, that's oh. the way to do it. Yeah, sometimes some things you can't the automate. old fashioned yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you're you're comfortable with change and pushing the envelope and trying new things. Uh, in your experience, what, what do you where do you find kind of that that balance of you know being careless <laughs> versus uh, you know, measured, I guess, in, in trying new things. Cause you know, it seems like people, you know, personality wise tend to be super risk averse or too risky, you know? Sure. So I think the big thing for us is, uh, at least at Pike place fish is staying in our lane as far as we're a fish market. And so, you know, we don't want to get into something that's way outside of our, of what we do well right now. Um, so, you know, you're not going to find us, you know, investing probably in real estate right now. Like we're not going to go buy an apartment building and get into something totally outside of the fish market. We're going to keep reinvesting into what we know. Mm -hmm. And we're lucky because we're on the ground floor. We get to talk to consumers. And so we, we kind of get to hear what consumers are asking for the kind of questions they're asking. And those are really the leads for us to follow is, is listening to our customers and and going from there. Yeah, that makes sense. With um, with now four owners, do you guys have pretty complementary skill sets as far as running the business and what you guys contribute? Or? Totally. So the four of us were all a lot of people. There was a lot of reservations from our friends and family before we bought the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as ooh, going into partnership is can be pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's with one other person, much less four of us. Sure. You know, own, co-owning it, we're all four equal owners in the business uh you know a lot of people had some concerns about that but we really had pretty well defined roles uh we were all four of us were were managers there and you know i kind of like to think of myself as the as the business guy and sam's kind of the 
the the captain of the of the team he's been there the longest and kind of our general manager and kind of day-to-day operations of buying fish and just making sure the fish market's running and and then Anders and Jason are really good at uh uh you know with our social media and uh we sell a lot of merchandise too, hats okay, and t-shirts sure. and sweatshirts and it's a nice hat you're, you're wearing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Representing. Yeah. Um, so we just each kind of have our, our roles, uh, pretty well defined. Okay. And then one thing that's really important for the four of us too, is every Wednesday, the four of us all get together and have our little owners meeting mm-hmm. and keep the lines of communication open and make sure we're all on the same page. Sure. And it's all communication and, you know the the integrity of it, uh, you know, keeping our word of, of what we're say we're going to mm-hmm. do. Um, you know, just all four of us holding ourselves accountable. To sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you've, what's you've, going on? You've got me sold on it. Are you guys hiring? I, mean, I don't know anything <laughs> about fish, but you sure you want to work 12, 13 hour days down there? Uh, maybe not. I, you know, came from the trades, and yeah. I, I don't necessarily miss that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's fun, man. I've gotten the people we get to meet down there too mm-hmm. is really neat. All the all the sports celebrities and sure. singers and people that come into town, you know, want to come down and catch a fish. So that, that's, it's a, it's a fun place to be. Sure. That, that yeah. would be, um, kind of getting, you know, away from business stuff a little bit, you know, more to like the, you know, the, the, the local stuff you've lived in West Seattle. Uh, how long are you now? About 18 uh, years? Yeah. About 18 years. Okay. I live in West Seattle. What's your, what's your favorite thing about, about West Seattle? Uh, the junction. <laughs> I love the junction, and, yeah. man. Yeah, I, I live a couple blocks away, so I can walk up there. And I've really, over the years, have gotten to make a lot of relationships with a lot of the small business owners up in the junction. It's mm-hmm. there's nothing that feels better to me than being a part of a community and and knowing people as you walk down the street. Right. And you know, uh, are you, are you? I mean, you you know, your wife's kind of a. a a known entity, you know, around <laughs> yeah. West Seattle. Do you, do most of you guys have uh, mutual friends or like you bump into people that are like that's you don't funny know who they are, but they totally know your wife. The, now, now, well, Megan and I have been married for uh, just about ten years, and so we, all of our friends are kind of commingled now. Okay. But it's we both lived in West Seattle before we met each other, mm-hmm. and we both hung out at like all the same places but we had never bumped into each other and had ever met each other that's hilarious uh, <laughs> before we before we finally met yeah. so yeah it was it was bizarre and then when we first started dating uh you know we'd be driving down the street and I'd see her walking down the sidewalk and mm-hmm. you know I'd be driving over here and I'd pass her in her car and it was like all of a sudden we saw each other everywhere we went yeah. but for you know almost 10 years we'd never met each other so it was kind of funny that's pretty funny yeah um now i usually ask this question of of my guests but uh, i'm wondering if your answer would be a little little different just since you work at one of the biggest you know tourist hotspots in seattle Mm -hmm. um okay let's let's imagine you've you've got friends in from out of town they've never been to seattle uh where do you take them you know what do they what do they want to see and, and where do you guide them uh I try to do some kind of unique things. I mean, I was I'm always proud of the fish market, so we always pop down sure. down to Pike Place Market, and we'll do the dime. You don't scare them away, even though they want to see it because you you own it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I try not to every single request. Like you know, I'll have friends like, oh my my mother in law from Florida's coming in on Saturday and might be a day off for me, mm-hmm. and I 
sometimes we'll try to avoid those tours at sure. time. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll do the little dime tour of the fish market. But my, my dad, he actually operates the, the steel plant down there at New yep. Core Steel yep. under the West Seattle Bridge. And that's always a great a great tour. I that's, that tour is pretty amazing. It's, I haven't it's been an, out yet. It's an amazing tour. So uh, if we can pop, get down there and watch them pound out some rebar mm-hmm. and melt some steel, that's always a, a good one. Okay. Uh, I love, I grew up in Ballard, so I'm always still amazed by the, the locks, the engineering marvel of the locks. Yeah. So I think that's always just a fun little deal to go check out. Um, but one of my favorite things is just being here in West Seattle, you know, most people that come to Seattle to visit, you know, is a downtown Seattle experience. Sure. And I think what a lot of people are looking for is a unique uh, visit when they go to a new city. And so seeing downtown is is great, but really getting out into the neighborhoods and, you know, there's nothing better than going up to Husky Deli and running into Jack Miller yeah. and chatting with him and, you know, running into some of the other local restaurants and chatting with the the staff and the owners and places where you hang out and right. things just showing people things that that you do uh in your own in your own town sure so i love that i mean it's exactly why i started this podcast is to like you know be able to tell the stories behind all the places i love going yeah to. yeah 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 be a real tour guide yeah yeah that's great the so as we kind of wrap this up um the last little round of questions here would just be you know lightning round you know quick questions quick answers Okay. Um, in the past, what was holding you back from becoming the, the entrepreneur you are today? Uh, for a while, it was fear. Yeah. After that bankruptcy, I was just, uh, I was kind of, had thrown in the towel for a little bit. Just, you know, I'm going to go work and, sure. and just earn a, earn a paycheck. But that, that went away really quick. Sure. So uh, once I got my finances back in order and got my, dust myself off, uh, I was, I was ready. Okay. But that bankruptcy took some, this is a tough deal, man. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not a fun thing. A good learning lesson. Yeah. No, you're not a fun. Fun lesson learned. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, best advice. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna find an easy way to do a job, hire a lazy person <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah, so like that. Uh, what's a personal habit that you say uh, contributes to your success? I've got a cork board, okay. so I'm. I'm. I'm really not. I like to think of myself as technically savvy, but I have a cork board with little pieces of paper. Okay, analog, I love it. Yeah, the cork board with some paper and some pens, and I I pin up on the cork board everything I need to do. Everything okay. that's going on, it's got a date on it, when to do it by, and what's going on. And okay. as as I do it, boom, they okay. come off. They come off the cork board, and everything kind of moves over to the next slot. And okay. It just always you're always staring at it, so I, I really like the visual part of that. I like it. So it's yeah. like a, it's like an analog Trello. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Love it. It's probably probably a little easier to not get lost in the the technology just doing it that way. So yeah. Um, do you have a? I mean, you, you've kind of told us that the analog you know life hack you have. Do you have any specific technology um, that you'd say has changed your your life or you use regularly? Uh. In addition to my cork board, the uh, Google the uh, Google Calendar, mm-hmm. yeah, the shared calendar with my wife, uh, we it's live essential. in. Yeah. It's essential, <laughs> and I I, I did uh, succumb to the uh, iWatch uh, yes, uh, or yes. Apple Watch, yep. whatever it is, uh, which is really nice because at the fish market we have this kind of 
we don't ever want any of us, whether owners, fishmongers, to ever have our cell phones out sure. in front of customers. We think it's a really bad look like to that. have people with their heads in their phones. So yep. the iWatch, the watch is nice because I have so many different things going on that it, it kind of buzzes me and, sure. oh, I got a, I got a conference call or I got a, sure. something Quickly. I got to do. So I don't have to have my phone out, but sure. I get the Quickly little glance and see if you're yeah, missing Yeah, get the little notification. So, sure. yeah. Um, do you listen to podcasts? I do. Uh, not as much as I'd like to, uh, but I, I do. NPR does the uh, How I Built This yep. one, and I that I could listen to that stuff all that's, day long. That's your favorite? Okay. That's, that's my go-to. Okay, nice. Um, how about favorite movie? Ooh. Uh, favorite movie? Probably uh, Vacation, the original Vacation. Okay. The National Lampoon's. National Lampoon's. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. classic. Wally I, World. I, yeah. Wally World. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Um, and if you could recommend just one book to our listeners, what would it be? Ooh, a uh, fun book, uh, The Professor and the Madman. It's okay. a book about the writing of the Oxford English Dictionary. Huh. And I knew nothing about that, the Oxford English Dictionary, but basically that book uh, source, uh, cites the very first time the, the word was written. Which word? Dictionary? The dictionary word. No, whatever word is... Every oh, single gotcha. word in oh, the wow. Oxford English Dictionary, they cite the very first time it was written. Wow! And so it was this fine. It's a, the story of how they found where these okay where it was and written. It's not dry. It's, it's it great. Sounds like it could be very dry. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's actually really compelling. Book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I might have to add that to my review. Yeah. Okay. The Professor and the Madman. Yeah, this is good. Okay, great. Well, Ryan, I, I appreciate your time today. I've been uh, wanting to hear kind of the backstory of you know Pike Place Fish Market for for a while and have, yeah. have you on here. So I'm glad we finally able to do that. Um, silly question. I'm sure you drive everyone to your website, but uh, if people want to order some fish, find out you know more about the uh, the backstory of uh, the fish market, where do they go? Uh, go to pikeplacefish.com. If we also offer local delivery right to your front door uh, through a partner called Mercado.com. So you can find us for local deliveries at Mercado.com, but certainly uh, PikePlaceFish.com. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I found it very, very interesting. So Great. Yeah. Cool. Thanks Thank for having me, Christian. Yep. Yeah. That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest website, pay them a visit, and help spread the word about what they are doing. If you have any questions, know someone who should be a guest on here or has a great story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A-town.com. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate brokerage is breaking the mold and making a difference in our Seattle communities, and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com. S-E-A-town.com. The music for our podcast is courtesy of The Fascination Movement, you can find their albums in the iTunes store. You can also listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at seatownpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media Production. Seatown.